Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty, boy. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucker on the road. It's like you ballin' on a budget, though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it, though. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my condition, I was too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. You see the way I'm rapping, yes, I do. this shit, tell I'm running out of breath. But tell somebody, cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 We fresh. Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, and we've got a very interesting guest for this episode. We've got Christopher Wayne. He's one half of the Naked Magicians, who returned to the U.S. for a coast-to-coast tour in 2020 this year, making a stop in Detroit at the Music Hall on March 6th and March 7th. You know, this is after a big smash hit 2019 residency at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. How's it going, Chris? I'm bloody great. Thanks for having me on the show. This is, uh, I love doing interviews with Americans. It's so much fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, we were just talking. You were like, you say that you're in Sacramento right now? Oh, yeah, my body clock. It's crazy because we spent the first month on the, uh, on the East Coast. And then we, like the next day, we had a flight over here in Sac. And it's like three hours time difference. But like my body is just shattered. It, like I'm having a harder time adjusting than when I came to America from Australia. Right, yeah, and you know, I was saying like here in Detroit, it's um, it's snowing. There's uh, you know, there's snow on the roads. They're kind of slick when I was driving earlier, and you're like, that's something we don't have to, uh, we don't really, you know, deal with driving in uh, in the snow in Australia. Oh, mate, if it snows down under, it makes the national news. Like it happens maybe once a year. It's just such a rare event. And then I come here, and there's people driving in the snow. Just seeing snow is crazy for me. Like, it doesn't even bother me as much as it bothers you guys. I'm like, oh, I'm in a Disney film. And then, um, and then I don't drive because I'm scared to. Right. You know, for us, if, it, you know, if there's a few inches of snow, that's like, yeah, whatever. You know, we know how to drive in that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to happen with me. <laughs> no, you're like, no, no, no. So, 
you're part of this uh th- this show called the the naked magicians with your partner uh mike tyler and like where where did this all come about you know what, what, what's sort of like the idea behind this well mike and i created the show as well um it's our company and our baby, and it was something that we we were both. I was a stand-up comedian and, and a magician, and Mike was a high-end like uh, corporate magician in Australia. And we both had like good, normal careers as magicians, as normal as being a magician for a job can be. And uh, we were also best mates, best friends, and we wanted to do something with magic. We talked about it for years that hadn't been done in our industry before. And three words changed our life. We had the idea of a naughty magic show. Uh, no one had done it before. The reason we had that idea, I should point out, and this is kind of funny, uh, Mike was a magician, and he was living his best life, and then the movie Magic Mike came out. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, you know, he can't do a show without people calling him Magic Mike, making jokes like, how big is your magic wand? Can you make your clothes disappear? And that's what started the conversation about having a naughty magic show. And it eventually changed our lives. 300 cities now wow, we've been to with the Naked Magician. Woo! It's pretty awesome, yeah, man. Yeah, crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Like, so, when you're developing this show, you know, wh- how, you know what, do you, wh- what were you like, how naughty are we going to be with this? You know, what was sort of like your ideas? What was sort of like your, your <laughs> limits? Like, what did you play around with? Let me tell you that the ideas that didn't make it into the show, I cannot tell you in an interview. <laughs> they were bad. And then we ended up, we started a lot safer than what we first were. We were a lot more conservative because, because no one had done something like this before. We didn't know how far we could sort of push the boundary. And then what we discovered, like we did the show in our home city in a small theater and it was sold out weeks in advance. And then we're like, okay, well, we know that people are up for this up for a good time so we like pushed the boundary a little further then a little further and a little further and uh until the show became what it is now and i kind of don't want to give it away right it is as dirty as you can get before before it leaves a bad taste in your mouth <laughs> pun intended by the way um so you know we get people in the audience you know we get young girls in their 20s at the show and then we we had a woman at the show that they're celebrating a hundredth birthday the other week um yeah it doesn't really matter what age you are what sex you are or or anything like that. If you've got a cheeky, naughty side, and if I've learned anything in the last six years, we all have a cheeky, naughty side, then you'll find something you like in a naked magician. That sounds a bit like a sales pitch, but it's not. Uh, it's just a dirty, funny, sexy magic show. Yo, what was it about this show to begin with that when you were first doing it, like people were drawn to it? You know, was there like a word of mouth thing? Or, you know, what was sort of like the initial, like, sort of you know, love for it. Where was that coming from? I think, I think it's because like the thing that sold tickets before we'd done the show was just, we had a great name and a great poster. Uh, the same artwork we used to today, we've updated it. So the photos look like us seven years later, but I mean the same design and it's just, the other thing is it's a really literal show. Like when you come and see the naked magician, you know what you're signing up for. Uh, and then once you see the show, I think the comedy that holds the show together with the ties, the magic and the nudity, the stuff that you laugh about in the show is stuff that's universal. You know, we have a trick where we make a prediction like all magicians do, but it's based on a porno prediction. We project, we uh, predict a porno film using members of the audience to come up with their porn star names. <laughs> and that's the fun thing that we've all joked about at one point. Uh, we've got like a, 
we do a straight jacket escape in the show, except Mike wears a straight jacket. I wear a gay jacket, uh, and it's exactly the same as a straight jacket, except it's <laughs> glammed up. It's just a little more fabulous. So, like, the jokes are so stupid, but it's the same reason that we all like American Pie films. Like, there's no message to our show. Just people come and they laugh. And I think one of the reasons that we sell so well, I mean, apart from the fact it is a hilarious show, the magic is amazing, and we do it fully naked, is that it's 2020 now, and there's something really special about going to a show, not checking your phone, not worrying about what's going on in the outside world, just laughing at stupid shit for an hour and a half. Like, that's a special thing. Like, you know, as... I'm sorry, I'm ranting so much. I'm oh, so no, no, that's no, perfect, man. No, it's perfect, because, you know, you know, what you just said, you know, like, there's, you know, not particularly a message to the show. It's, you know, some stupid shit, you know, but, you know, besides all of that, you know, what sort of... You know, things do you feel like a show like yours really kind of tackles in a world where, you know, certain things about sexuality and the body and things like that, you know, does still come under, you know, fire from, you know, sort of conservative people? You know, we, that's, a, that's a really interesting question. And I don't, I'm struggling to think if we've ever been asked that in the last seven years. And I don't think we have. Uh, and I, I wouldn't have had an answer for that question until we came to America because that was our first time, you know, uh, before our show pops in the States, we'd done Australia a heap of times, New Zealand, even Hong Kong, uh, the UK, Scotland. Uh, but when we got to America, that's when we, <laughs> we discovered America. America discovered us, but conservatives also discovered us. And I'm not talking about the political party. I'm talking about just people that identify as quite conservative that took issue with our show. Uh, yeah. You know, the extreme versions of that being Westboro Baptists would come to our show and pick at it. Oh, yeah. Um, see, see, you guys, you guys, you guys were for real, like, you know, doing something when those cats, like, are, uh, when they are, uh, you know, have issue with you, man. So, like, that's almost like, a, a, you know, a badge of honor. Oh, yeah, man. I made national news in Australia when they picketed our show. Like, it was like, that's when I'm like, it wasn't when we got on America's Got Talent. It wasn't when we were headlining in Vegas. It was when Westboro Baptist turned up. I'm like, Mike, we have made it. Um, we Look, if I'm being honest, conservatives, conservative people that take issue with our show or protest our show, it doesn't bother us uh, because they're, they're such a minority. And like when we go to a town and we get protested, it just becomes publicity and we sell it out in that town. Um, as for our show tackling issues like body image or anything like that, I, we don't. Um, there is no message to the show. We're just two Aussies that are best friends. Um, you know, we work really hard to look good naked. And <laughs> like we do. And there's like, I don't know. We have a lot of volunteers in our show and we make sure even though they go through a wild experience, they're having the first time, they feel safe, they feel comfortable. I think it's just, I think it's more, there's not a message, but it's just how things can be in a perfect world. As in, you just come in and don't worry about a thing. Chris and Mike are going to make you laugh, we're going to make you amazed, and we're going to make you horny. And that's all the show is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you When you have a show like this where you do have like volunteers and stuff, you know, how do how do you guys make sure that it is a safe and comfortable environment? It's it, it's kind of weird. Well, we we get a bit of a, not a free pass, but we get a little bit of levity in the fact that our show is called The Naked Magician. So they they know the temperature as soon as the show starts. Yeah, they know what they're getting then, into a little bit. You know, there's gonna be some naked guys. You know, 
and when we have them on stage, you know, there's just little moments where we're using them for a trick. It, it, we either sit with our microphones on and there's bits where our microphone's muted. Um, and we say, hey, you know, uh, if at any point you don't feel comfortable up here, you just let us know and we'll take charge from there. And, and that's what we do. And 700 shows, ah, not 700, nearly a thousand shows now. You know, we haven't ever once had someone, you know, say, oh, they put me in an awkward situation. They did something inappropriate. Joke is always on Mike and I. We're always the ones in the show that are the objects, <laughs> and uh, which we're very okay with, I might add. But there's not really any, um, I don't know, we just sort of found a way to make it work. Because uh, even though we're poking fun at our volunteers, we really respect them and we make them the star of the show when they're on stage with us. So they walk off stage. And magicians don't always do this. Magicians like to be the star. Um, but we make sure our volunteers walk off stage feeling like the star, feeling like, like they're the star of the show and feeling better as a result of being on stage with us. This is, you're making me sweat, man, because we never get asked these questions. It's like, oh, who's got the bigger dick? <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, like, really yeah. Thinking it. <laughs> you know, you know, I, you know, I, I ask different questions. You know, I, you know. <laughs> you know, for for you personally, you know, since you are, you know, up there, naked, you know, how how did you know, how did you feel comfortable with being that sort of center of attention like that? <sighs> The first time, so Mike and I weren't the guys that were like streaking or doing, you know, that's what you call it over here. We call it a nudie run back in Australia. But you call it streaking. Yeah. Um, and I, I lost just shy of a hundred pounds uh, in the process of like leading up to the show in the first couple of years of the show. Uh, but that first time we both got naked on stage and, you know, some people don't think we actually get naked in the show. We get, we get, we take everything off. That's a big part of the show. That first time was terrifying. I remember, and Mike shares a similar memory, my heart beating really fast in my chest. I felt like sick, like I was going to throw up. Like, we were terrified. <laughs> but then this amazing moment happened where, you know, the, the money shot happens in the show and we take our clothes off. The audience clapped and cheered and screamed and roared. And it was like the ultimate acceptance. It was like having a superpower. Because, you know, we were standing in front of a theater full of people completely naked and they were loving it. And uh, I haven't wanted to put my pants back on since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, you know, kind of going back some, you know, what, what sort of a kid were you? And, like, when did you start sort of getting this, like, the idea of, you know, the, the itch to want to be a performer? I was a fat geek uh, <laughs> growing up. Yeah, now I'm just a geek. Um, and But I think... I'd loved magic ever since I was eight years old. My grandpa used to show me magic tricks growing up, um, albeit a lot more innocent than the magic I do now. And I, you know, I didn't really fit in at school or anything like that. So magic was my social crutch, and you know, I was a bit of a chubby kid. So you know, in high school, if I wanted the girls to talk to me, I, I had to be funny. And it's just the only thing that's ever really made sense to me is like uh, performing and being funny. Like that, I don't even have to think about it. It just when I'm on stage, it it just happens. Uh, so it's something I've loved all my life. I made magic my serious job when I was 21 years old. Uh, and The Naked Magicians was when I was about 28, I think. And it was, it, I, like, I know that I could write 10 other shows or 100 other shows, but The Naked Magicians is, you know, it's the one that got me to Vegas. It's the one that took me around the world. It's kind of like my anchorman, if you will, Will Ferrell. You know, he makes other funny films, but none of them are as funny as Anchorman. Right, right, right. 
so you know what was some of the like you know growing up you know outside of like you know just you know doing magic and you know thinking you know getting into to all of that what were some other things that you were interested in me i've always been a massive movie fan like a huge movie fan ever since i was a kid till now um i recently rocky horror is my favorite film and when i was back in australia i purchased it's my first ever piece of movie memorabilia it was an original print from 1975 when rocky horror was first released it's an original poster i loved cinema so much uh music's always been a big thing for me i play guitar uh, and fitness, health and fitness has been like a newer thing I enjoy over the last like six, seven years. I took up running a couple of years ago. I'm that asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're my favorite things to do. And now I think because I spent so much time away, like from home, just doing stuff with my friends, family, um, would probably be, you know, I'd pull out a hobby now because it's, it's a bit of a rare thing. You know, be, you know, what do you what do you guys do to sort of keep up your you know your look you know as you're saying you know when you were young you were chubby but like you were you know you guys are a couple of studs on stage now man you're like good looking dudes you know <laughs> so what do you do to like you know keep the keep the body up? Well, that's nice of you to say. Um, I Mike's been a swimmer for most of his teenage and adult life, uh, and when we we're on tour. Uh, I know he, like, basically we have this rule that's like one a day. So we guarantee that when we're on tour, we do at least one thing a day. So for starters, the show is a marathon for us. It's like being in a rodeo for 90 minutes. But then we try and, you know, go for a run or go to the gym or something like that. And just I consume too much American shitty food, which oh, is yeah. the hardest thing ever because you guys have the best food, but it's also like the worst for you. So, <laughs> you know, just got to try and be mindful of that. And it's uh, easy to get, man. It's just there, you know. It's just always there. It's always there. And it's like when we're touring theaters and stuff, they do catering for it. And they're like, you guys want chicken tenders or chicken strips tonight? We got burgers, we got pizza, or you want wings? It's like there are options. And it's like, <laughs> can we have a salad? You, yeah, we can make you a salad out of wings. It's like, no, it's just... And yeah, so it's, it's, it's hard, but uh, we make it work. Well, but I will tell you, we always look better at the start of the tour than we do at the end of the tour. <laughs> what do you got to do after the tour to like kind of get things, you know, back right again? <laughs> the first thing I do after any tour is, uh, is I'll, get, I'll get like my favorite cheat meal back in Australia. And it's, I used to eat so much crappy fast food back in the day, and I try and really limit it now. It's a big thing for me. And uh, so the first thing I do is I have a cheat meal and I give myself like 24 to 48 hours of no rules, no holds barred, and uh, I can do whatever. And then on the 49th hour, I take game on. And then it's just trying not to drink is a, is a big thing. Uh, and then exercising and eating healthy. Who knew? There's no like weight loss pills or anything like that. We just exercise and eat healthy. So, you know, all these years, go, you know, being on this whole naked magician, you know, journey, adventure, you know, what were some things that kind of stick out on your mind, you know, like things that you never thought in your life would happen to you that happened during this whole journey? That's a really interesting question. Uh, you know, I remember before our first show ever, I said to Mike, if we make our money back on this, I'll be the happiest guy ever. Like, I just wanted to break even. And then I think back over some of the stuff that's happened in the last six, seven years. Our first interview that we did in America was at uh, the Huffington Post. 
And in the middle of the interview, we were standing in our underpants and uh, Ben Stiller crashed our interview. That was like our introduction to America. You know? <laughs> Along came Polly. That was crazy. Just seeing Ben Stiller standing between us was nuts. Um, you know, David Copperfield is the reason I got into magic as a kid. I've loved him my whole life. And, you know, we met him a couple of years ago after one of his shows. He okay. uh, wanted to say day to us. He saw us in the crowd. And like that blew my mind. And I'm like, I never in a million years thought David Copperfield would know who I was. And then, you know, two years later, we were headlining at MGM Grand alongside him under the same casino. And I never would have imagined that would have happened. Uh, it's crazy. I don't know, stuff like that. But it's not always, you know, the encounters of celebrities. There's also been some really cool things. Like one of my favorite obscure moments is, like you never know who's a fan of your show. There was someone that was a fan in our Washington state and they owned a sloth sanctuary. And like they sent us a message and they're like, hey, it was at the show, loved it. If you guys are in town, I own a sloth sanctuary. Um, I'll close it for the day and you guys can come and just hang out with sloths. <laughs> and we got, to do, like, we got to do that. And that was just the coolest. And uh, Mike and I, for like the first three years of the two, were obsessed with the TV show, The Walking Dead. And uh, we put up, you know, stuff on our Instagram, watching The Walking Dead. This is so cool. And then one of the organizers of The Walking Dead convention was following us on social media after seeing our show. And then they're like, hey, we're bringing The Walking Dead past to Australia. Do you guys want to host the convention? So stuff like that are these obscure moments, like hanging out with cast of TV shows we like, or playing with slots. Stuff like that's really special. But then... I'm going to give you one last thing. And if you need me to shut up at any point, just say so. No, just go ahead. Uh, no, 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 go ahead. I'm, I'm liking all of this. We did a trick in the show the other night in New Jersey. I remember this very well. And it was the last trick of the show with the volunteer from the audience. And Mike picked this woman that would have been about 80, 90 years old. And uh, we, we, she was standing in between two naked men. It was crazy what happened in the trick with her. And at the end, the audience roared. She took a bow. She was the star. And then she whispered in our ear as we were take, like, taking her back off the stage. She's like, thank you so much. Uh, I'm a recent widow. This is the first time I've laughed since my husband died. Oh, and it's like, our show isn't, you know, I told you there's no message to our show. But the fact, like the simple fact I get to get on stage with my best friend, get naked, do magic tricks, and make people happy with the stupidest jokes and the rockinest tricks ever. It's like, that's the coolest thing. <laughs> that sounds a little lame, and like it doesn't match the temperature of a normal interview. And I'm like, hey, ladies, this is the best night out. But that's just the truth. <laughs> nah, it's dope, man. I like that. I like that. Like, um, a lot of people that I talk to, you know, doesn't matter what they do. There's a lot of people that I talk to for this podcast that, that do tour. You know, some, some people, you know, get to uh, very much experience all the cities and countries that they go to. Some are, you know, traveling so fast that they don't. Do you guys get to really experience all the places that you go to? Definitely not. Uh, I want to know who's, who's the person that you interviewed that was like, that you were more starstruck by. Um... <laughs> not like, uh, there's, there's some people that like, who, who make it a, uh, a point to like kind of schedule some time in different cities or th then there's people that are on the, the, like the traveling musicals. So they're in, they're in towns for like two weeks and stuff or something like that. Oh, yeah, right. Something like that. But, um, there is people that, you know, who do try to, uh, you know, see the, see the sites. It's a, it's a little bit of both for us. We, we, I don't even know how many 
it would be like 130, 140 cities just in America in the last few years. It's quite a lot. And sometimes we get to experience, like sometimes we'll get a day or two off and I'll try and make a point to, to visit that town because one of the cool things, the town that we're staying in, one of the cool things is that, you know, when you're a tourist coming over to America, there's no reason that you're going to go to Atlanta or Des Moines, Iowa. Um, but then when we're on tour, I'm like, okay, I'm in Des Moines. I'm going to find something cool here. Uh, and you do. It always surprises you. One of my favorite restaurants in America is in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, so that's kind of where I've experienced a lot of American culture and we've been to a lot of different places, but not as many as like, like we haven't done as many cool things as you'd hope because we spent a lot of time either on a plane, in a van or loading up at a theater. I mean, I'm, I'm in a theater right now talking to you. What's, yo, what's some of the th- things that you've learned about American culture that like is like weird to you? Cause I know this is one thing I do know about Australians is that you guys are serious about your coffee. Yeah. You guys make crap coffee, man. Y'all, um, yeah. Y'all are serious about coffee. Yeah. We are. And look, before I say anything I'm about to say, I love America. It's my second home. Um, coffee is a big thing. And I know, especially for Mike, it's like the first thing he does when we go back to Australia from the States. Is he gets himself a, a, a mocha, a skinny mocha, extra hot, by the way. Um, and, yeah, so coffee is a big thing. Something I've never really understood is is tipping. We both tip because we know that's a part of your culture. Yeah. But, like, in Australia, the, the wage is different because the employer just pays their staff <laughs> Okay. A normal healthy wage. Um, yeah. Oh, that's that yeah, of, that's that's nice. Yeah, it is. So stuff like that is kind of weird. Um, and then you know, I suppose the other thing is just the way you guys describe something. Like because we both speak English, it's different English. Like you guys call soft drink soda. Um, you call <laughs> flip flops. Uh, no, you call songs a flip flop. And then we call a song a G-string. It's like so confusing, all this petrol station, gas station. You guys say, you know, do a U-turn. We say Chucky Yui. So, oh. like, the difference in language is pretty funny. Yeah. We, we, used, to, we used to call the thong a G-string, but then, like, things changed, like, I think in the 90s. So then it, like, you know, it turns into a thong. <laughs> it turned into a song like magic <laughs> like magic like magic <laughs> when um going forward you know what sort of things do you you know hope that this uh this show you know takes you to and do you have any other ideas of other things that you want to do Long term, I think Mike and I want to keep running Naked Magicians as a company, but we don't. We don't think we'll be the guys in the show forever. I mean, a lot of especially shows where the men get naked, they keep. You know, some of the dudes stay in that show a little bit past their use by date. Oh. And Mike and I have both agreed that when that time comes for us, that we'll step down and and hand the, the naked reins to someone else. And uh, you know, we this show has got a great life to it. It's still it's selling better than ever in America right now, especially coming off the back of our uh, time in Vegas. And uh, we just love getting on stage every night. It's kind of cool because because we've sort of ticked off. We did New York, we did Vegas, we did London's West End. And we've sort of ticked off like the big milestones. Uh, so now we don't worry so much about that, you know, like the road to Vegas or anything like that. It's just 
Let's get on stage every night and have the most fun ever and uh, give audiences a show that they will not get anywhere else on the planet. That's like our MO now. And uh, we love that. No, during during this whole journey, was there any times when, like, there was just a personal obstacle that you had to get past? Like, was there any times you just wanted to quit? Yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a real question. I, I For me, uh, in 2017, I think it was, I got injured badly in a show. Um, uh, just in the middle of a trick, I dislocated my, my knee. Um, but, like, it... Like I went back in, but I'd done some some bad damage to my leg. Uh, I couldn't walk, uh, and I had to go to hospital. And like that, people ask whenever I talk about it, I was like, "Would you finish the show?" I couldn't get off the ground. Like I was in every world of pain. Uh, and then I had like a, quite a long road. I did about three to six months of like three months of rehab every day, and then six months of ongoing. It was about six months total of this ongoing work to get back on stage and. Uh, it was like I had to do three months of shows in a like a leg brace to keep my knee supported, which in the Naked Magician probably wasn't the sexiest thing ever. But, you know, there's that famous saying that the show must go on. Right. I remember there was like the physical challenge of getting back in there, getting my leg back in working order was really hard. There were a lot of like mental blocks with that. But then getting back on stage, I remember that first show that I got back post-injury, I was terrified because the last show that I'd done – had been horribly embarrassing, kind of funny now in hindsight, but also the most painful thing that I've ever experienced. And, um, but you know, it's, it's kind of cool when you, sometimes you have to do shows and I think they're the shows that define you as an entertainer, not on a Saturday night when it's sold out and you feel great and the audience feels great. But when you're getting over an injury or you've had a bad day or you're in a bad mood or you've got some bad news and you have to turn it on and earn it on stage, they're the, they're the shows that you tend to remember more when you're looking back um, because you kind of got to earn it. So I like that. So any obstacles we have faced, we've always made it through and uh, we always like really do back fully on them as sort of character building times. Nice. Huh? Well, Chris, it's been good uh, talking with you. Uh, this was such a fun interview and um, so yeah, I'm glad we're, uh, I was able to catch up with you. Uh, where can people go online to get more information about the naked magicians and what you're up to, you know, go ahead and plug anything. Hey, you know, we're doing a tour of the States right now. We're about halfway in it, but as you know, we're coming to Detroit at the musical. There are three ways to check out our stuff. If you're, you know, over 50, you can go to the Naked Magicians website, just nakedmagicians.com. But we're all using social media. We're the Naked Magicians on Facebook, Naked Magicians on Instagram. It's just photos of Mike and I doing magic and getting naked. And we update as well nearly every day. In fact, we're doing a, a live this afternoon where we're going to be answering fans' questions. I'm looking forward to that. There's going to be some interesting questions, I'm sure. So we're always putting content up. Uh, so if you want to check out our show, find out more about us, make sure that we're actually good looking in the photos. Um, just go type in the naked magicians and see what comes up. Hey, yo, thank you for listening to this episode of fresh is the word hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K fresh Frazier empowered by anchor at anchor.fm slash fresh of the word intro theme music by foul mouth, shimmy bango and Knox money. Fresh of the word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh of the word. 
Follow Fresh is the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh is the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fresh the Word. For more information about Fresh is the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshisthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.